Life is a piece of cake With layers defined by our mistakes So happy birthday Hooray! Blow the candles out Start another year Here's what you don't Is that good or should we? How, how are we looking? Yeah, I think you're good. Super. You think so? Yeah. You're not sure? I mean, I'll adjust on the fly. You guys should start. Okay. It's looking pretty good. Cool. Okay. okay. There's a vote of confidence from Rob. <laughs> it's okay. It's, well, always, it's not great. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just fix it if you fuck it up. It's fine. <laughs> Fatalists. It's fine. I mean. I wouldn't throw it in the trash if it were a physical object, mm. but I might set it to the side. Yeah. It could be like a greatest hits or bloopers reel, or <laughs> we really actually fucked up these levels because of the super hard tease. But we have a hot mic. No, you're good. <laughs> you are hot good. mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Ooh, it's ah, hot, hot mic. <laughs> I see a ticker. Hot mic. Let's go. <laughs> and a one, and a two, and a welcome, everyone, to "Here's What You Don't Do," the podcast where we look back on our lives and say, "Oh gosh, isn't oops. it good that?" Yeah. Oops. Big old whoopsie. What the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I was, and other four-letter words, which you will hear more of. <laughs> we're I put the little e on it on iTunes, so we're all good. Sweet, swear as much as seems narratively appropriate. I prefer freeform swearing. <laughs> freeform just swearing. Fuck shit, cut my feather. Why not? Just have a good time. And I said cut, not cock, because I want to <laughs> not make people that concerned. <laughs> It's summertime. Get on your cot. <laughs> Get on your cot. You cock-faced motherfucker. There's nothing quite as offensive as a poorly made bed. I know some drill sergeants from when I was a young person who would very much agree with you. Some of the <laughs> best swearing I've ever learned was from when I wore a uniform and got yelled at all the time about having an unclean rack. I get it. I'm sure my parents could attest to that, too. Hoorah. Um, you have been hearing... Jay. Hi, Jay. Hello. Thanks for joining us. You are welcome. Welcome, ear people in the podcast realm. Thank (laughs) you for having me, Sam. Yeah, ear people. (laughs) Host Sam of Here's What You Don't Do. Oh, I didn't say my own name, did I? I'm so bad at it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, Yeah, I'm Sam. Over over on the ones and twos is Rob. I don't know. what What does that refer to? I looked it up, yeah, and it has something to do with sound, like inputs. <laughs> I think it's it's inputs or channels or some so shit if like you're that. Channel one, I'm channel two. You're channel three, three? four. I mean, yeah. I am channel three. Sam is input one, and you're input two. And I I three, actually so did look that it is up. True. Awesome, because I feel like I made this joke before. Yeah, and you were like, "Stop doing that. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense." And I was like, "Nah, nah, nah. Google, man. Google. No, just Google it. No, I got it. I That's got weird. it." I swear to God, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you. 
I mean, maybe this next time you could say I'm on the wheels of steel. So that sounds, that might sound cooler. Ooh. Yeah. That is cool. But it's also way less true because I'm not a DJ. Oh, I just imagined like a fucking. <laughs> I was thinking like a 75 Pontiac muscle car. Just oh, super cool wheels. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm DJing. I got my cool hot rod on the wheels of steel and the ones and twos. I was thinking a straight up Ben Hur chariot, oh, like man. a full steel chariot that with with the the things sticking out. Oh, nice. spikes! Yeah, that's what you call yeah. them—the pointy things. things that go the pointy ah. things that make you go. Eh. <laughs> that's a spike. Oh, I got spiked. <laughs> well, what that's me, <laughs> Judah Ben Hur. <laughs> Finally, I know what to call you. <laughs> And over at the desk is Ben-Hur. Oh, man. What does Ben-Hur say? I don't even know. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched the entirety of Ben-Hur. It's long. Yeah. But that's probably why. And everybody remembers the spiky bit. And loincloths. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember what else, but I haven't watched that movie in like 15 years. So yeah. just go see Spartacus instead. <laughs> Spartacus is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> People remember Spartacus. <laughs> Whenever anyone asks me about Ben Ben Hur, I just say, "I'll go see Spartacus yeah, instead." There you go. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. That yeah. works. Sorry, Dalton Trumbo. No, he wrote Spartacus. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't think he wrote Ben Hur. Well, then, good on Ben-Hur you, is Dalton. Based on a book, I Probably. Think. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I don't remember. Like I said, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I'm clearly not an expert. Oops. It's a shame that's what this episode was about. Oh, fuck. I know normally we go to the guest for the content, but mm. this one was uh, all about Ben-Hur. This was all about 1950s Bible movies. Well, congrats, everybody. That's the end of the podcast. See you next week. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the Ten Commandments. Jeez. Oh, we haven't gotten to that. We haven't gotten to another movie that I'm blanking on. When was that greatest story ever told? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that same 60s Charlton Heston and a loincloth era, but... Probably. I mean, before Jesus Christ Superstar, obviously, because they were really pissed when they made Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) That's not how it was. It's a musical. Get over it. (laughs) It's still not how it was. That's not how it was. Well, you weren't there. Jesus, is that you? Did you have commentary on our show? Oh, you're not Jesus? Uh, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I say to everyone. Oh, you're not Jesus? Go fuck, go fuck yourself. yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I only listen to Jesus. I prefer Jesus. He knows a bit more about the wine that I drink, and it's uh, and he's anti-cannibalism. So I prefer <laughs> a Jesus to a Jesus. He's a cooler guy. And he's not into cannibalism, which is, you know, kind of rule number one for any religion. Is that how you pare down people that you approve of? It's just anyone who's not into cannibalism? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to Catholic school for 16 years. So, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're into the cannibals, then, well, you have 2,000 years of very rich cultural, religious tradition and cannibalism. So, good luck, buddy. Bye. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> See you in hell. Well, that's that's as that's a as, super exciting. That's intro. as good a time to start as any. <laughs>
on See You in Hell. <laughs> yeah, you know, that won't be the first time somebody's ever told me that. And hopefully not the last. <laughs> okay, so before we, before we deep dive yes. in, everyone, take a deep breath. Let it out. Close your eyes. You too, Rob. Think about what you're doing right now and ask yourself, is this a good idea? Are you on a bus and you really have to pee because you had to leave work before you could pee to catch that bus so that you had time to buy LaCroix on the way to the place where you were going. Did you need to go to the bathroom, Sam? <laughs> no, I did. This was previously. This was previously. This was previously earlier today. Um, I get, well, I guess there's, I mean, if you're not peeing and you're in that scenario, I guess you're doing the best you can do. Well, would you ask yourself if it's a good idea to pee on the homeless guy on the bus next to you and then just blame it on him? That way you could still get on time with your precious LaCroix. I feel like the logistics of that kind of maneuver and then covering it up. It's not a good idea. Probably not. That's definitely a bad idea. Also impractical, which sometimes if something is practical, it can sort of outweigh the fact that it's a bad idea. This is true. But in this case, it's a bad idea and impractical. So don't do that. So just the solution really is you hold it and you think about your choices. And ask if they have a bathroom where you buy the LaCroix. Yeah. Or you just wait till you get here and or your destination because you're somebody else. Your destination being Rob's house. (laughs) Or whoever your Rob is. (laughs) Everyone's got one. Everyone's got a wheel of steel. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess in short, if you're not peeing on somebody, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. Keep not peeing on people. Unless Unless you're president of the United States. Uh, And then really don't. And then really don't. Because they have it on tape. Anyone else, if it's like a thing where everyone's into it, go for it. Then you need to ask yourself, if you're at a party where everybody's into it, is that a good idea? If everyone's into it. Okay. Just make sure you mop afterwards. Bring a mop and some handy wipes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to clean up. Mm. Always clean up. It's just poor manners. doesn't matter what your predilections are. Always clean up. If you're going to pee on somebody, at least clean up when you're done. (laughs) There's that poster I've been wanting. If you're going to be on There's somebody, at least right clean there. up afterwards. It is definitely in the running right now. Shortlist. Dang. Shortlist. <laughs> the one with the P. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's as good a time as any. <laughs> He jokes that have nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about today. If, if you're going to pee on somebody, I'll see you in hell. There we go. All right. All right. Now it's now it's Jay's turn to talk. Okay. So 
Here is what you don't do. Do not, under any circumstances, date or sleep with people in your circle of friends. Ooh, I've already gone against this forever. So have (laughs) I, and that's why I am on today's podcast and have five (laughs) years of therapy under my belt because I did it and it didn't work. It can work, but it didn't work for me. Um, Yeah, I would basically, uh, I'll kind of do it at a higher level to go into it first. Uh, But yeah, I mean, basically I learned that by sort of, I I grew up super shy and I didn't make friends well and everything. And so it was really convenient for me when weird tingly things started happening to my body to be able to go, oh, hey, like I know you and you're convenient or I, you and I have an existing relationship. And so it's not as difficult or dangerous or scary to be able to go out and put yourself out there and say, hey, I like you and this is interesting and, or I am a, you know, a kid and I want to experiment with these things and play doctor or whatever it is. You know, like I I had a really tough time trying to make those kind of friendships and relationships when I was a kid, um, for many reasons. And so, um, what I did was just, I would date within my circle of friends. And so what I discovered was that by doing it over time, I, no longer had those circle of friends. So Mm -hmm. the relationship ends and, oh, hey, I haven't talked to that person in a long time. And I'm I'm older and so I've been around. This was happening before Facebook. Facebook was invented towards the end of my college experience. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a, oh, yeah, I dated that person and we broke up and it was super messy. And now I have no idea who any of those friends are anymore because... I was a jerk or it ended poorly and they picked her side versus my side or whatever. And, and I didn't have those friends. Um, and that happened to me, um, at least four times in the last 10 years where I was like, Ooh, oops, that's not supposed to happen. I totally set a giant bridge on fire of an entire social circle simply because I dated somebody because it was convenient or I broke up with them and then dated somebody else in the same circle of friends, which was, yeah, that's, that's the first lesson that I didn't learn from. Everyone knows you don't double dip. Thanks, Costanza. I appreciate it. (laughs) That is exactly where I was going with that. No, I, uh, I did the double dip. Um, yeah, no, it was, it, uh, you know, I, I, it happened enough that it took me a while to, to realize that I had a pattern and that there were issues. And, and so eventually I figured it out, but I definitely left a couple burning car wrecks along the way. And, and, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it's very obvious. I, you know, I think of all of the people that I've been friends with over the last 15 years or so, or circles of friends or things that I've been interested in or groups that I've been a part of, and then they go away. And, you know, you, you have those, it's dark and rainy and the power's out and I'm trying to, you know, figure out what the hell I've done with my life. And you have those moments and I go, oh, well, what about Tom? Oh, you fucked that one up. Well, what about Dick? Well, you really fucked that one up. Well, what about Harry? That just got ugly. And it's all because it was, oh, hey, it was your fault. And you don't talk to those people anymore because of behavior that you did. In my case, it was dating in that circle of friends and then the relationship ending poorly or badly or with thrown things. And then 
you don't have friends anymore and you have to move on to the next person. Um, and for me as well, being really shy, I discovered that it was always really tricky because, um, because I, so codependency was a huge thing for me and I grew up with, I know that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. my CODA 12 step book in my drunk. And so, uh, I had a huge issue with codependency, but I didn't know what it was. And so I, uh, you know, would date somebody and be like, Oh, cool. All right. I'm really interested in this. And yeah, we can do whatever you want. we don't have to hang out with my friends. We can hang out with your friends. That is one of the reasons why I got into that position originally. Um, and then, uh, you know, over time it was sort of a, Oh, okay. Well, I'm not in this relationship anymore. Well, it used to be important to me. Well, musical theater used to be really important to me. I couldn't care about it now. And politics used to be really important to me, and I don't care about it now. And certain sports, and uh, I mean, I was once a card-carrying Republican, which I'm not really proud of, but I did it because that was the circle of friends in which I lived, and that was super important for me to be able to fit in and and really drive that that codependency side of it. Um, and I always based mine around relationships, and so I'd go in and say, "Oh, okay, I'm dating you now, and you like." musical theater, MacGuffin sport, and you're a Republican. Okay, cool. So am I. Awesome. I'm going to learn everything about it and jump into it and do all that stuff. And then, um, and then that's it until we break up. And then I spend this weird period of time, sometimes months, sometimes a day, um, I'm not proud of that one where it's just like, okay, I am basically looking for somebody new to latch onto. And in the meantime, I'm going to do all the stuff that makes me feel better, which ultimately is how I was able to kind of figure me out. But when the time comes, I'm going to be like, Ooh, shiny. Okay, cool. I'm going to latch on you now and see what's going on with that. So don't date inside your circle of friends. There are many stories as to why. <laughs> and we're <clears throat> gonna hear some. And here is story number <laughs> one. Um, so uh, you know, I, I uh, I'm gonna sound like such an ass in this recording, but um, that is the whole point, right? If if someone doesn't sound like an ass at some point, they're probably just not being as honest as they should be. That is a fair point. So feel free to hate me, internet. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, the the reason I say that is because uh, like my half of the species, uh, we have two brains in our bodies, one of which is semi-intelligent, one of which is not intelligent at all. And when I was growing up, um, you know, kid, super shy, didn't really have a ton of friends or anything like that. Uh, I, you know, would be hormonal and super excited. And there was a girl in my carpool and that was the only girl I ever talked to. And I had no idea anything about her other than she was in my carpool. And then I found out that she was the little sister of the star person on our sports team. Uh, I was a water polo player in high school. And so it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, the number one person in water polo, the like the jock. And this sounds super douchey because there's no such thing as a water polo jock. But (laughs) it's like there is now we're we're coining it right now. I am rocking my Speedo and my Letterman jacket and my cool Camaro and... Fuck you, bro. Is that an actual outfit? 
Because I'm imagining a person wearing only a Speedo and a Letterman jacket together. The Speedo, the Letterman jacket, and then you need to have like the weird fake not helmet thing that just prevents the ball from getting thrown at your ear that water polo oh, players yeah, yeah, wear. Yeah. Um, and then like some flip-flops. I think it's I think it's just called it. Yeah, and maybe a flip-flop. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to remember what the hell it's called, but I haven't played water polo in 45 pounds. So I'm really out of shape and don't remember what it's called anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like this guy's big man on campus and his little sister is in my carpool and I immediately glom on and I'm just like, Oh, Hey, cool. And a super cool girl. And, and I'm fudging up the words right now. Cause I, that's pretty much what I sounded like when I was 16 years old. And so I just you know, was getting to know this person and I started dating her and then kind of not dating her because she was younger and she was dating the big or she was, her brother was the big man on campus. And so I was kind of going, oh, well, my social identity is important to me, but at the same time, I want you to like me. And I think that you being, or me being head over heels in love with you and openly so is super important. Um, and that's how you're going to like me. And, and my 14 year old self goes, or my 16 year old self goes, and that's how you're going to sleep with me. Um, and, and that happened. But then I pissed off the big man on campus and I wasn't a good water polo player. So when the time came uh, for tryouts for the following season, I didn't get picked on the team and I was kicked out of the program. Well, I, I didn't get brought back on the program, which sucked. Uh, and ironically, the whole bit behind it was just because it was this girl that I was interested in for maybe a month and then... Nothing ever came of it except for the obvious. And so, you know, that part was great, but the rest of it was, you know, terrible. And I no longer talk to those people and I'm not friends with them anymore. And some of them actually went to university with me. There were a couple of grades below me and they're still thick as thieves. Thanks to Facebook, which makes you hate everybody in your former life and make <laughs> you really question your life decisions or make podcasts like this fun because you go, oh, my life is shitty because those people's are better. Um... Those people are still super tight and, and there's for all of these situations that I've kind of gone through in my life, that's always been something really true where I just go, Oh, here's something that I personally take a lot of pride in or a period of my life in which I look very fondly on it, but I fucked it up and I fucked it up by basically putting a relationship over the a relationship, a romantic relationship with a person over the quality of the relationships that I had in place or friendships or camaraderie or spree decor or whatever. And I was 17 when that happened. And then, um, and then, yeah, I kind of went along with my life and didn't have a ton of friends. I had, I had like one or two close friends, but never anybody where it was super close enough to be able to go, Oh, okay. Hey, like I need somebody to be a wingman with me to go meet strangers at a yep. bar or that weird 18 year old nightclub that only exists in Hollywood TV shows or, you know, whatever. Like I never had that opportunity to do it. So when the next time I dated somebody was when I was in college and I, <clears throat> I dated a person who I auditioned for theater actually because of a girl, um, who was not the person I dated, but brain was again going, what's important to you? And what's, what makes you super excited? And, uh, you know, what are you after? And, oh, I saw you did this play at school and I think that was really cool. And you should tell me more about it. Cause I really want you to like me and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, we're doing auditions next week. So just show up. And I was like, are you going to be there? Yes. Awesome. I'll be there with bells on. 
I wore my coolest clothes, which were not cool. Uh, you know, I like, I thought I looked great and awesome. And I met this woman who I eventually dated, uh, as part of auditions and it was great. And it was, that was the most functionally normal way I met a person to date until I dated my wife, until mm-hmm. I first started dating my wife. Um, and it was very simple, just like a, you're in a social situation, you're around strangers or maybe some people that you know, but it's just a, you know, you're, you flirt. I like you, you like me, whatever. Can I get your number? It's awkward. You screw it up somehow, which I did cause I'm terrible at catching signals from people and asking for numbers or realizing that it's appropriate to ask for a number. And so, um, this woman and I, we had a relationship and we had a, we had a great relationship for, uh, just over two years. And that's where the second part of the story comes in is theater. People are as half of this audience I'm sure knows are super tight knit and Mm -hmm. they're very insular and they're very incestuous. I would say where it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, well, when you were working on that show, you were stage manager and I was your assistant stage manager and we were up until four in the morning every day during the show. So why not knock boots? It'll be fun. Uh, and then, oh, well, I see that you're doing this next show with, oh my fucking God, I can't believe you're working with that person now and you better not sleep with that person because it's weird or you're fine with it and it doesn't matter. Um, I've seen both sides of the spectrum. And so, uh, what happened with me was I dated this person for two years and she and I had a a good relationship. We were, we were young, we were 19. And so we, at, at the time when we started dating, we were 19. So we were thinking about like all the cool dreamy stuff like, Hey, Oh, we're going to get married. And when we graduate from college, we're going to get a house and you know, it's totally fine that you work your job that makes $10 an hour because we can make it work. It's great. Um, and we split up for, for reasons. And, um, but when we split up, I glommed onto the next person and I was super unhappy and I was, you know, I, broken up with somebody. It was my fault that we'd broken up and, and I'd initiated it. It was for my own reasons. I was basically when codependency was no longer fun, you kind of shut down on a person. Right. And so you go, Oh, well your stuff is no longer important to me or I've learned to no longer be dependent on you. And so a lot of that shut down and then our relationship deteriorated because of it. And then, you know, we move on. So as that deterioration is happening, my brain is going, we need to find somebody new to be codependent on who is new, who is fun. Let's, let's find something more interesting. That's going to get you super stoked and excited and, and, you know, get that life back into you because that's what defines it. So being a theater person and in a very close and insular group of people, uh, I asked a friend if his girlfriend had any hot single friends. I was that guy. And he said, yeah, sure. Why not? And I met her and we got along great. And I started dating her within two weeks after officially dating her within two weeks after splitting up with my ex. Yeah. And then I brought her into my old circle of friends. She was kind of on the outside, but I was still on the inside. And so I brought my new girlfriend into my old girlfriend's circle of friends. And that was not a good idea. Um, here's what you don't do. Don't introduce your new girlfriend to your old girlfriend's friends. Especially Did she know that was kind of the setup that she was jumping into the same crowd? I think she, I think she was aware that there were going to be some mutually crossed paths. 
I, like, I think she thought she was putting her foot in the water and I kicked her off a high dive. Like it, it did not go well. Um, and for the duration of our relationship, because she had graduated a year ahead of me. And so she was an adult, she was working and, you know, theater stuff, classes, finals didn't matter to her. She said, I, I don't care that you have an improv show at midnight. Like I have to work tomorrow. Fuck yeah. you. Um, and so, uh, and I don't want to go to your after party at 2am. And so, uh, we, you know, I kicked her off the high dive effectively and, what had happened was a, it was two weeks. Like the corpse wasn't even dry or cold for my old relationship. It was really fast. And I'd came in and I said, Hey, this is my new girlfriend. And you guys have known her before because she's friends with this other theater person. So see, she's legit, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, wink. She's one of us. It's cool. And she goes, no, I'm not like, uh, who the fuck are you? Like, I, I'm just here and I like you and I want to meet your friends, but holy shit, is that your ex-girlfriend? Yeah. Oops. Yeah, we're leaving. This sucks. This is terrible. Uh, and I eventually convinced her that it was okay and everything was cool. And my ex and I had worked together at the time. And so she made it very clear that it was not okay, but I just kind of talked her into it too. And I said, well, I'll try not to be in your face, but just understand that this is a thing. And she goes, okay, well, fuck you. In my eyes, it looks like you basically dumped me for someone else. And now you're parading her around. Like that's exactly what happened. So those are the conversations that I'm having with the girl I'm dating and my ex-girlfriend and my entire social circle of my circle of friends sees this happening, whether they are directly there for those conversations or they just see the sheer uncomfortability that comes with it where, you know, I walk in with my girlfriend and everybody immediately cringes and looks to see if, if my ex is there or vice versa, you know, if I'm there, you know, did it. And it's, it's terrible. And it it was not fair and and not super fun. And and I don't feel great about it. But, um, so then I graduated from college and I, I went to college in Washington state and then I was from California. And so I got a job in California and I asked girlfriend number two in college if she wanted to move to California with me. And she said, ha no, fuck you. Absolutely not. <laughs> she's like, Good joke. Good she's joke. Like, not only were you my, I was your rebound girlfriend, which became very obvious, but also you're moving to California. And where are you living exactly? I'm going to live in my parents' garage until I get things sorted. Yeah. Where am I going to live? You can live with me. Oh, honey. No, no. Bless your heart. No fuck no, absolutely not going to happen. So we parted ways and within a day I was hooking up with someone else in the theater department. And I was like, I got two more months here before I leave town. Like I, I think it was like a month before finals and, and I, my job started a month after finals cause I was, I was working, I was trying to save money. So I wanted to stick around in at school for a while and have that really sweet $300 school rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I turned right around, started dating somebody new also in the theater department. And everybody was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? And I just was like, no, well, it's, it's, it's just, it's a thing. We're just sleeping together. It's not a big deal. And it's just like, no, it, this was also an underclassman. So it's like, no, this girl is 19 years old. She doesn't know any better. She doesn't know that you are basically throwing her under the bus and, you know, being being a person of convenience for you and i was like haha fuck you i'll show all you guys so i dated her long distance 
while she still existed in that same circle of friends for about six months after that. So I left. She stayed at university with all of my old friends who already didn't like me from the first time I pulled this bait and switch on the people I was dating in my circle of friends. And then I did another person. I dated another person and who I'm sure shared the fact that we were dating. It wasn't a secret and it wasn't a big deal. Uh, as far as I was concerned, 900 miles away. But like I said at the beginning, the, as we started, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. And I'm fairly certain it's because those people are like, fuck that guy. He screwed over his first girlfriend. He dated somebody else. And when the second person didn't work out for him, he just dated an underclassman who he probably left by the wayside and fuck him. So, um, that was fun. And, uh, then before we finish with that circle of friends, cause there's one more tip in that pool. Um, I moved back to California and one of my colleagues who or one colleagues, I've been working too long. Uh, one of my classmates who had kind of been on the outskirts of that circle of friends mm-hmm. also lived in California and lived really close to me. And so we had a casual relationship would be the place would put it. And so we had a casual relationship and was all well and good and fine except for some of my friends from school who were still there, who were a year or two behind me, who had effectively said after I'd split up with the underclassmen said, are you seriously sleeping with this person right now? And I go, yeah, why you are over four with theater people. What is wrong with you? Like, stop, go get on Craigslist, go speed dating, go, uh, think maybe match had been invented by this point. Like just yeah. get the fuck out of here. Go away from the theater department. You are completely screwing yourself over. And it's like, you're not going to have any friends by the time this is over. And I go, I don't think I have any friends anymore. So fuck it, whatever. It's fine. Um, not a great decision I've made in my life. Um, and so that happened and it was, you know, it was she and I were together on and off for about 10 years. And so that was, fun. And, and, you know, our relationship evolved past, um, the theater department at my university, but it still started that way. And I still burned a lot of bridges with my friends because of that. So super duper. Um, your second circle of friends in which you should never date are your coworkers. And, uh, that's kind of an HR, no duh kind of (laughs) answer. But at work, the policy is official. Exactly. Officially, Officially. we frown very heavily on you (laughs) dating within your circle of coworkers. Um, These aren't just crowdsourced rules anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I did that. I did that twice uh, with two different people. Um, But uh, and and that's that's not as damaging as college was. You know, you you date within and and this is like any job. You don't even have to date a coworker to know that you're going to have friends who will stay with you after you leave a job and then you're going to have friends who are just your job friends. And yeah. maybe you'll you'll meet up with them every 6 months or a year. They'll say hi to you on Facebook or whatever. But that that's normal. What I found more destructive was that I had a lot of really close relationships um that I had prior to going into it. And then I um, made people choose sides based on my behavior, which Mm -hmm. is super fun. And one of the reasons I don't have many friends, even though, uh, from those eras, even though they, uh, still took my side when things went wrong was be simply because I made them choose sides and they just go, 
we're your friend. We love you, but you also colossally fucked up and made us ruin our own circle of friends, which is a fun side effect of you getting laid. So don't sleep with your circle of friends because you may not have them anymore and they may lose their friends anymore because it's not always one-sided. So, um, I had some really close relationships with, uh, coworkers. One of them was a roommate, uh, multiples of whom were roommates over the years. I worked at this place for about three and a half years. Um, and I dated a coworker and, and we all kind of got to know each other really well. And, and, you know, some of us were roommates and some of us were just really good friends. And, uh, some of us dating was frowned upon, but enough people had gotten married by meeting each other at that company that HR was kind of just in a whole, just don't be an asshole vibe about it. You know, like, okay, you can date, but just don't be an asshole or don't be me and don't be Jay and, and, you know, set off a nuclear bomb. Um, so I dated a coworker, uh, we dated for about nine months and again, the codependency, you know, thing happened where I was super glommed onto her. And then I got, and I went through probably one of the most emotionally challenging periods of my life, uh, in that relationship and had nothing to do with her. It just, you know, she got the, the dirty end of the stick. Um, and she helped me through it. And then when that was over, I don't need her anymore. My codependency is over. I'm going to go find something new and shiny, but I'm a theater kid and a passive aggressive bad guy. So I'm just going to pretend like everything's fine. Even while the building burns down around us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We've all done that. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes Mm -hmm. to admit it, but we've all done it. Um, and so my, uh, uh, so the, the girl I'm dating, um, goes to my coworkers and my circle of friends. Do you know what's going on with Jay? Do you know what's going on in his life? I just, I'd started a new job and and I'd left the company. And so we were all still really close, but it was like, well, I know he left. So is he having a hard time with his job? It's, it's, it's new. It's weird. Like, is he okay with that? Um, and then, uh, I effectively realized, oh no, I'm totally fucking this up. I'm just checked out. And, but I'm not going to tell her that I will tell all of our mutual friends that, but in confidence, like, Hey, nudge, nudge, don't tell her, but I think things aren't going great. So I'm just going to kind of take some time to myself and figure it out. Nudge, nudge, don't tell her. Seriously. That's not a Monty Python joke. Do not fucking tell her. And they told her and <laughs> things. Yeah. I mean, what, what else do you do with that nugget of information? I, you know what? Here's I, the thing you shouldn't know, but yeah, exactly. And they're I, like, I have a really cool secret to tell you, but you can't tell anybody. When has that ever worked? No, never. It's <laughs> never worked. So like the, this happens and, and it, it sucks. And like I said, I was super passive aggressive. And so while technically she broke up with me, it was my fault, my absolute fault. And this is a person who will punch me in the face the first time I cross paths with her again. And I will totally deserve it. And, um, and so I, shut down, you know, that was okay. This problem's done. Uh, now I'm going to go find somebody new that's going to make me feel better. And before she breaks up with me, because I know she's inevitably going to break up with me. So I'm just going to find somebody new to date before uh, you know, I'm not fired. I'm quitting. You know, that's kind of, yeah. that was where my, mm-hmm. my, my brain was in my safe space. And so I dated another coworker at my brand new job who was, I wouldn't say a superior sort of more, I worked in like a fulfillment type role. So my, you know, I filled the orders and she got the order. She was like the salesperson. Mm -hmm. So I dated her. She was 12 years older than I was. And, um, 
And the reason I date her, dated her and found her attractive and, and more interesting than the girl who was inevitably going to break up with me because I was emotionally shutting down on her was the fact that she was older and had her life together and didn't need me to make her feel better or glom onto her. And so in my head, I'm kind of going, this is great. Like this might be a way out of my codependency issues. And I started seeing a therapist and I realized that I had codependency issues. And I was like, I don't need a person who needs me. I need a person who basically says, fuck you. I've got my own life and I'm, I'm squared away. That's what I can do. I can fix my problems by dating somebody else who's better than me. And that's going to make it all better. <laughs> Always fix your own problems. Exactly. By dating somebody else. Exactly. And you know what? If the marriage isn't working out, then we'll just have a baby. The baby will make things all better. It'll be fine. <laughs> and if the baby's not working out, we'll get the baby a dog. We'll get the baby. And if the dog's not working out, we'll get that dog a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got nothing on that. Um, so <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I miss my dog Goldie, but I'm pretty sure she's in a dumpster in heaven somewhere because she liked dumpsters. Um, <laughs> okay. That, that went a better direction I than was it first say, sounded. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. That could have been a, a good. Frolicking yeah. in a dumpster. Fro- in dead dog frolicking in a dumpster joke. Yeah. <laughs> We're just hitting all the classics. You know what? It's, it's, it's great. It's super, it's a family show. We're super excited to have you. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, back on track. So I, uh, left my ex, um, from one job to dating the salesperson who was 12 years older than me. And so, uh, to fix all of my problems. And I started, I got into therapy around this time because I realized at a certain point that I had a pattern that, and that was probably the one good thing out of all of this that happened was I, I was self-aware enough to be able to go, you know, you're kind of fucking it up and you don't have friends anymore. Like you have over 900 people, customers because I, I work in sales now mm-hmm. and and you have all that stuff and really you have maybe two people that you could call at any given time and go I want to get a beer I'm having a rough day I got dumped whatever you have like two people not in driving distance on the planet who will drop everything for you to come and do that yeah and for how much you've done in your life which is a totally separate story it's like that's kind of fucked up that you don't have a better network of people that you can even talk to. And, you know, and of those two people, maybe one would bail you out of jail. Um, and it's not your mom, but mom, if you could bail me out of jail, that'd be great. Um, (laughs) I promise I'll pay you back when I put you in an old folks home. It'll be a nicer old folks home. Um, so, uh, good deal for me and me. (laughs) You know what? I'm, I'm slinging left. I'm slinging right. It's going to be great. Got the, uh, got my ones and twos ready to go. It's great. <laughs> wheels steel, steel wheels. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, so I dated this woman and, and, you know, things were, things were great. Uh, you know, and, and I, I did feel better and part of, I think more of it in there after having gone through more therapy is because of the fact that I was in therapy and not necessarily because of the fact that I was dating somebody who had their life together better than mine. So they didn't need me to be a part of it. Um, However, uh, things inevitably went south as, as any relationship does. Um, and, and they got hard. The problem was once again, I had glommed onto her circle of friends and many of whom, thanks to therapy are still my friends, uh, because I didn't fuck it up. Like I had in 
the decades past. Um, and, uh, a big part of it was honestly just because of the fact that we all realized as a group of friends that things were not going well between this, this woman and I, and we, we knew that and she and I were working it out, but also we were publicly fighting. We were you know, snipping mm. at each other. Uh, she threw shit out of her house that I owned at one point and, the cops were never called, but they might as well have been called. Like it was a frequency of fighting and, 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 and antagonism that just, it wasn't healthy and it wasn't good. Um, and so we eventually split up, but the interesting thing about it was that we were very open, not necessarily about the thing that the fact that things were fucked up, but more so that I just was kind of going, you know what? I had a pattern before where I glommed onto the people who I knew usually around this relationship to make me feel better about myself. And I'm not dating any of you guys and I'm not going to try hanging out with you guys. And I'm going to hold myself up in my apartment and play a ton of Xbox and play with Legos and go to my job. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to gain 15, 20 pounds. And when I come out, I'll see you guys later. I love you all. And, um, and then I did a lot of therapy It was twice a week and thank God for my, thank God for uh, United healthcare, not having an, an annual cap on visits. Cause I Ooh, fucking used it. Um, I'm, ima- I'm imagining you busting into a room with all of these people sitting around and just yelling, I'm not going to date any, any of, you. of you. And they're like, cool. What's happening? It's like, what? <laughs> and half of, you know, and, and that's the thing, right? Is so you, if you, it, when you date somebody who's notably older than you, whether by years or maturity, she was more years, the maturity, we are about the same in that regard, hence throwing shit at each other. Um, we, uh, you know, it was, it was our, her circle of friends were people who had been divorced. So they knew exactly what was going on. Um, or people who were just kind of, they'd been around enough to go, some of whom were very much like me. They were super shy or nerdy people who didn't get along well in crowds. And they just like, Oh yeah, no, don't, don't, don't fuck that up. Just go, go do your thing, go heal and go be by yourself and you'll feel better about it. And when you're done, you'll still feel better. Promise. Fuck you. Absolutely not. But just in case, do any of you have a hot friend? Like, just in case, like, could we, could we talk about that? Maybe? No, absolutely not. We saw what happened and no, we're never introducing you to any of our friends again. This one wasn't my fault. Doesn't matter. We're not fucking doing it. And so, um, so it was great. You know, it was great to go through a breakup, um, that, was found a breakup of a relationship, which had been founded in codependency and eventually just spiraled and fell apart. And it was great to be able to go, okay, cool. Like instead of continuing the vicious cycle, I'm forcibly removing myself from this situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm holding up and I have nerdy hobbies already, but hand to God, I gave myself carpal tunnel, just hiding in my apartment, doing as many nerdy antisocial things I could as possible just to be okay being by myself. Um, and that's kind of where this ultimate lesson is. And at least if, if you are struggling with codependency problems and you found yourself in that situation that it's okay to be by yourself. And there are people who are out there who are going to think that your weird nerdy shit is okay or weirdly attractive if you're into going to pee parties, just make sure you bring them up. But, um, you know, like there's, there, that's totally going to be normal. And I didn't figure that out until I was 28 years old. Um, and a lot of it was 
by hiding and going to therapy a lot and seeing this therapist who was the sweetest woman in the world, but thought I was really overdramatic and unnecessarily making a big deal out of stuff because she just was like, it's okay. You're in your twenties. You can have bad relationships. And I go, no, but I've dated, I've ruined my friendships in order to date someone because that's more important to me. And then I'm not close to those people anymore. Have you ever tried reconnecting? Sometimes, but half the time it's a go fuck yourself or you go to hell or I'll see you in hell. And, um, we can cut that part out, make the joke work. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they go, go fuck yourself or I'll see you in hell. And, and that was, that was normal. And I got used to that. And so then I stopped trying to reach out and I stopped trying to rekindle these things or there's Facebook and Facebook makes everything better. Right. No, but you know, I, at least your heart's in the right place, kiddo. Like, good job. I'll see you next Tuesday. Um, and so those three months of isolation turned into about six months of isolation where I wasn't like hikikomori hiding all the time, but I just kind of said, you know what, I, I see that there's a problem and I need to kind of remove myself from it and, and find out what these triggers are before I put myself in a position again where the trigger's already been pulled. And so did that for six months and then I got really bored and, but in a non-codependent way, but more in a holy crap, I haven't talked to another human being other than my roommate or a customer in six months. So I'm going to go to bars and I bought season tickets to sports ball just because it forced me to get out of the house every day. And I signed up for internet dating and there are tons of terrible internet dating stories that I have, but that's another show or another <laughs> we guest. We always welcome return guests. I was going to say, return guests and maybe some guests who have shared similar stories already. <laughs> Go back through your iTunes or Podbean archives. You'll hear it. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you and Katie back on oh, together and you can just awesome. trade stories. We'll and, actually, then, and then Rob's got some good I was going to say, I, know, I remember Rob jumping in. Uh, I, uh, we'll do a round table. Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> Actually, Katie and I will probably just talk shit about soccer the whole time because our teams are <laughs> rivals, kind of. Her team sucks now. Um, we'll, we'll just cut all that out. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only time I'll approve editing. Be like, there you go. Sports talk. sports. <laughs> the um, final thing is 15 minutes long. I'm like, no, it's fine. Print it. No, it's great. It's a, it's a great episode. It was, a, it was a quickie episode. Why? Well, we talked about sports. Oh yeah, fuck that. Um, so I, I eventually got on the internet and I, I, and I, I, I got on the internet because I like most codependent people who are also really shy, they tend to be really controlling and they feel uncomfortable outside of environments that are not in their purview, mm-hmm, you know, whether mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. set it up myself or if it's somebody that I've talked to on the internet and I've seen pictures of them. And so I know I'm willing to spend an awkward two hour dinner with them doing stuff. Um, I did all that, uh, to varying degrees of hilarity and fright. And, um, and then I met my wife, um, who did not turn out to be my wife the instant I met her on the internet, cause that would be weird. But, um, I, yeah, I met her and, and she was, um, even though this is going to kind of make me sound still a little codependent, but I swear I'm cured. She was fully in control of her life. She didn't need anybody to take care of her. She just was like, I'm, she was new in town. She'd been in town for like maybe four months, three months. And she just basically said, I have my shit together. I'm bored because all I do is work and I want to meet people. So I have friends through work, 
but um, she works for a retail company. So the majority of her friends are not single men or her coworkers are not single men mm-hmm. and, uh, or even men. And so she just basically said, so I went on the internet, I'm just going to check it out and see what happens. And I said, that's great. And there was a lot, there was probably three to four months of just a lot of that meh method of interaction where we're just kind of like, you know what? I like you, you like me, let's hang out. If it's 10 days between when I talk to you, that's fine. And it was so weird to be in a healthy relationship that I didn't know I was in a healthy relationship with her because I sneaks up on it's weird (laughs) it's so fucking weird it's so no it's it freaks you out it's weird like you you pop into it and you just kind of go wait hold on I think I'm in love with you but like I don't feel a need to jump and shout it off a mountaintop is that weird well you're not really making it romantic right now asshole but no that's (laughs) it, it takes some time to figure that out Okay. And it, Sorry, was I doing all that self-analysis out loud? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And she goes, you need to fucking find a new therapist. Come on. Um, and, and so we like we did that and it was it was really cool to be able to be into a position where I was like, oh, OK, cool. Like I'm in a normal relationship and she doesn't want anything from me except maybe periodically for me to, you know, go do nice stuff or or whatever. And, and not to say that I. Uh, I didn't need her. I didn't want that, that affection or attention from her, but I Mm -hmm. didn't feel the need to give it to her and I didn't freak out and go, Oh, well she doesn't talk to me in four days, so she must be really angry at me. And so maybe, uh, I I know she loves country music, so I'm going to take her to a country music concert. That'll make her feel better. Right. I didn't feel the need to do any of that. And it was, it was awesome. It was also great because I didn't have a circle of friends that I had to you know, worry about. I had my own group of friends from being a hermit and and being by myself to be able, that I'd built to be able to say, Hey, this is happening. I mean, this girl, this is really cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'd love to meet her. Cool. Great. Well, let's do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, her circle of friends was the same way. You know, I mean, I met this guy and I like him and he's kind of cool. Okay, cool. Well, let's meet him. And now we all get along, but if if my wife and I ever split up, it'd be a pretty even line down the sand because yeah. we were each other. We were our own people before we we started dating, and so uh, which I found was ultimately like kind of the best thing in my in this adventure misadventure for me was really more so just saying, okay, it's easy to date somebody in your circle of friends because you're like-minded and it's not as hard. It's not as scary. You you're able to go, I like the same stuff you like. So let's hang out or we've known each other for years. Let's get naked, you know, whatever. And so being able to move beyond that and be able to say, I like you and want to have a functional relationship with you and want to argue with you about stupid shit and really make sure that you watch, you know, this certain movie or I take you to this fucking Dave Matthews concert or whatever it is. Um, I don't like Dave Matthews, Ben. Um, and so it's just like, okay, I get it. This is, this is normal. And like I was saying earlier, and like you were saying, it's fucking weird. You never see it happening. And it's, it's cool when it happens, but it's still like a, eh, what, what, what is this feeling? I don't like this feeling. This is uncomfortable and new and not what I'm used to. And I should be going crazy right now and not be content what the fuck is that that's weird 
Am I what settling? Do, what do I do if I'm not spending every minute evaluating and reevaluating exactly where we are at this moment because exactly. I don't know what to do by myself? Exactly. And what are my friends going to think? And what are her friends going to think? And what are our friends going to think? We don't have our friends. That's weird. So I guess I get to keep friends if we break up. Yay. But at the same time, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm married now, and that would suck. But a year ago, it would have just been, you know, like, okay, fine, this is what it is. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was really cool just to kind of be able to realize that and then, uh, you know, find out that there are these facets to a relationship that I have now which are not rooted in that need for comfort and whether it's the codependency with the person or the codependency within that social circle, because we've also all dated that person before where we're terrified that they're going to just bomb the first time they meet our friends or our family or whatever. And, and I have absolutely dated those people and many of my friends give me shit about it still. But, um, I mean, I dated a girl once with her name tattooed on her back. So, and yeah, and I don't talk to her anymore, but, it's just kind of one of those things where you go, yeah, I don't want to necessarily bump into that again. So it's easier to date somebody who you know and who you vetted. It's. Did, did you ever ask why? Well, what, what, what tattoo? Yeah. Yes. And it was some really sweet and saccharine but I think bullshit answer. And she said that it was her dad was convinced that she was going to be a boy. The parents didn't know the gender and her mom insisted that that was going to that her name, which was, was actually going to be her name. And apparently it was this whole big fight or to do or whatever. And so she decided to get it tattooed on her body in a place she could never see. Mm. Yeah. That didn't last long. That was like seven weeks, eight weeks. I think it was, I took her to a friend's wedding where we didn't care if we, you go to those weddings where you kind of don't really care if you don't know a ton of people, you're just there for the friends. And you know, if it's a fun party, you hang out. And if it's mm -hmm. a bad party, you duck out after the cake. Um, and she ended her name in an I. And so many of my friends uh, many of whom have known me for a long time, just said, you're dating somebody whose name ends in an I. And I go, it's not the first time. It's not a big deal. And she has a tattoo of her name on her lower back. Yes. How good is the sex? It's pretty good. Okay. Get rid of her. She is terrible. Oh. She is terrible. Get rid of her. Please, for the love of God. That makes me feel really bad for her. I know. <laughs> To be fair, it wasn't a great tattoo, even if it was of her name. Oh, well, in that it, case. It was. <laughs> if it's not done well. No, it, it was It was not a great tattoo. It, it was like a step above a prison tattoo. Mm. So that makes me wonder if she went to prison. Or she did it herself. That would be fantastic because I that tried be writing upside down the other day and I still fucked it up. So I couldn't imagine putting a tattoo of myself in a mirror on my back backwards. Maybe your friends should have been impressed. 
Goddamn right they should have. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> so mean and intolerant of terrible tattoos and stupid names. But yeah, so here's what you don't do. Don't date in your circle of friends, especially if you're codependent, lonely, have trouble making new friends, and have trouble talking to your friends about when you're having trouble in a relationship. Because guess what? You're not going to have any more, and you're going to make them feel really uncomfortable, and they're not going to want to talk to you anymore. The end. The end. I mean, that sums it up pretty damn well. Ding, ding. Oh. Figuring out how to be alone it's is so hard. Like the worst it's, thing. It's so hard. And um, I think that was something I really struggled with a lot where I just, I didn't know, you know, I, I had the stuff that I did in private, but that sounds gross. Um, I, you know, so when I was a kid, being a nerd was frowned on. You got beat up a lot. Like if you watched cartoons, you played with toys, you, you played video games, you were the nerdy kid. And I went to a jock high school case in point, water polo man around campus, which is still fucking weird. And, um, and so I, I never fit in with those kids. And so when the time came for me to broaden my social circle to the opposite sex, uh, you know, it was, it, it, it went poorly case in point for the last 60 minutes of recording. But, um, it was something where I just, I consistently struggled with it. And a big part of it was just because I didn't know, I'd always thought that my personal identity was attached to how others perceived me, which is fundamental one-on-one issue of being codependent and having a codependency problem. And so I'd had this issue and didn't think twice about it. I just was like, well, you got to be nice and have good friends and da, 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 and have girls who like your friends and, you know, two picket fence dogs, et cetera. Um, and so I never learned how to be by myself or be alone. And, um, and when I was alone, when I took that sabbatical of humans, I, you know, I was out of shape. I gained weight. I drank a lot. I was just not okay. And I learned how to, I stopped learning how to talk to people. I don't know how I kept my job, honestly, because I work in sales and my job is to be nice to strangers and convince them to buy stuff and do all this. And the whole time I'm just going like, fuck this. I'm going to watch a whole nother run of the last Starfighter. I don't care how old it is or that I've worn out the tape. It's awesome. Fuck you. I'm going to do it because nobody's judging me and I'm just going to hide in my hidey hole and be me. And, um, and I honestly, I would say I'm still not okay with it. Like there's a degree where I've come to accept it, but like, I still hate going to the movies by myself. Yeah. Um, I, I have a dog now, which is amazing, but I, if you listen to some of the conversations you had with my dog, you would be concerned about potential schizophrenia because I, w- I will just talk to my dog and sometimes my dog will give me a look and I'll just kind of go, that's really interesting, Jay, in a Scooby-Doo voice and just kind of talk back and as far as she's concerned. And then, you know, she goes and rubs her ass on the carpet or something, um, pees on a baby. I don't know. And so, um, you know, I just, I, I learned ways around it, but it's still, it, it's still a really hard thing to, to be okay with and to, to be comfortable with and, and whatnot. And so I have a lot of hobbies and that helps. 
but hobbies also cost money, which I don't have a lot of lately. Thanks, Jay and Sleep. Please continue funding unemployment. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that too, where you just kind of are going, okay, well now I need to find a balance. And for me, retreating from people was always like, it's the way how I quote cured myself the first time where, well, the only time I retreated from, from people. And I said, I need to not be around people. I need to not be in these codependent relationships to try and make myself feel better. I need to not fuck those up and then lose friends because of it. Um, and first round, just hiding, learn to be by yourself and do okay. Second round, which has probably been, you know, in the last year and a half or so has really just kind of been, okay, this is today I'm going to go to work and I'm going to ask one of my colleagues out to get a beer after work. And I'm going to be terrified the whole time. And I really don't even like this colleague, but I'm going to do it because I need to do it. And I need to get myself into that uncomfortable place and feel a little bit better about being alone, especially if that colleague rejects me um, and says, no, sorry, I got a tea time or my wife is making dinner or I've got to go pick up puddles from the baby store. Um, you know, and so you're just kind of like, okay, like, uh, okay, that's fine. That's cool. That's, I'm not going to freak out that my codependency is not going to rear its head and make you want to hang out with me. I'm going to be okay with saying, it's okay that I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be all right. And I've got like two seasons of agents of shield on the DVR and nobody watches that show. So I've got plenty of time to make my way through it and I'll make myself feel better that way. And that's okay. I got uncomfortable just hearing the scenario. <laughs> Agents of Shield oh. is a really bad show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not but. even that bit, I, but it is terrible. <laughs> um, no, just the idea of going up to someone that you only sort of know and being like, "Hey, want to do a thing?" Nope. Like nope. just hearing it, I was like, nope, "Oh nope, God, nope, nope. Ah, I, I run, hate it. run!" <laughs> I, I was with a friend earlier today, and and she's she's kind of similar to me, but not as like weirdly codependent as I have been in the past. And we were talking about it and she also works in sales and, and, uh, and, you know, I was saying, have you ever gone to a networking event and you, you always go to one of those things with a wingman and just somebody who, you know, that case, that way, if it sucks, you can just go, let's just get drunk at the bar or let's leave and go do something else or whatever, or let's talk to you. So if our boss accidentally shows up, at least it looks like we're working. Mm -hmm. And I go, have you ever gone to one of those events and your friend bails? And she goes, I turn right around and walk out the door. I do not care how much money I wasted. She doesn't even go, yes, I've been there before. She goes, nope, fuck it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And I go, yeah, I'm, I'm a little less vehement, but yeah, no, I'm me too. It, it's, it's so uncomfortable and I don't like doing it. And now I'm at this point in my life where, so I own my house and so uh, and, and being a nerdy introverted theater kid, I don't know a lot of things with power tools outside of what I learned how to do in the shop at the theater, which basically means I know how to use a drill and a skill saw and that's it. And that's not how you fix a house as I discovered when I destroyed my toilet or you're not just going to assemble it out of canvas flats. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to take a bunch of four by eights and then I'm going to reuse a bunch of really stripped screws and it's going to be fine. Now I, uh, so, most of it's clamped together cause you're going to want to take it apart later. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't want to be there the whole time when you're doing breakdown or whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, so, uh, like a year ago my toilet broke and I bought a $20 everything in one kit at Amazon. Surprise, it's garbage and my toilet broke again and I had to hire a guy. Or when I said, 
it's like that uh, that insurance commercial where they get, where the guy goes, it's only a minor leak. I can fix it. And his wife laughs at him. That was me last year when I accidentally turned off half the power in my house because I decided I could do all of the fixtures by myself and I grounded half of the <laughs> flipping light boxes. So none of it worked. And the whole time I'm going fucking blah, 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 this fucking old house. And it's definitely not my fault. And I hire a guy and he goes, yeah, you fucked up here, here and here. That'll be $300 <laughs> of my time, please. Next time, please don't touch. Yeah. Just anything. Just please just hire some. It's okay. You're, you're cute. It's okay that you want to do this stuff by yourself. Why don't you play with your drill and your skill saw and go build, <laughs> I don't know, a platform, maybe some steps. <laughs> Have some fun. Maybe I'll let you paint it later. It'll be great. Do you have some muslin or canvas you want to play with? Because that's all the fuck you know how to use. Stay away from my electrical. Stay away from my plumbing. Um, I'm so thrilled to see your textured brick background. By the time I'm done, I'll be sure to go out back and take a look at it. You know what? If you were sitting at least 10 rows away from my wall, you it couldn't tell that that was canvas. Real. It's real brick. It absolutely is real brick. Um, yeah. And the spatter is fantastic and it looks, it looks super authentic. The blue really makes it pop, even though there's no blue in a brick, but you don't need to know that from row 10. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, and, and so, um, I bring that up because I have people who are super handy and not only am I approaching a person with whom I'm not close, but also I'm approaching a person with whom I'm not close and I don't know how to do something. And that's where my arrogance sets in as the nerdy guy where I go, no, I know how to do this. I can figure it out on YouTube and they'll, and I'll still fuck it up, but they'll come in and fix my broken toilet. The electric guy who charged me 300 bucks, the fence that I need to redo later. And the guy goes, oh yeah, no, I just looked that up on YouTube. It's super easy, bro. Fucking fuck. How the hell do you know how to do that? Sucks. I don't like it. And now I feel uncomfortable because I approached you in my moment of weakness and you made me feel stupid. Damn it. How, how dare you obtain information that I don't have? I am never going to try and be nice to a stranger again. I'm just going to be super codependent and hang out in my house. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the last time you ever heard from me as I hid in my house. <laughs> never join the internet again. Feel free to comment all you like on YouTube because I won't read it. <laughs> Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> just to put this on. <laughs> just to invite the criticism of strangers. I, yeah. Which I'm actually not bothered by. I don't Good care. For you. I don't care what people who I don't know think of me. Good for you. I, that part- I'm desperately worried about the opinions of everyone that I actually know. That's fair. To yeah. the point of paralyzing fear. Yeah, I definitely But if I don't that. know them, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, exactly. Bye. I, my thing is more so, uh, I don't care about the opinion. I hate embarrassing myself. So like uh, working in sales many times, I will be soliciting somebody and saying like, Hey, I want to tell you about XYZ MacGuffin product and I will fuck it up somehow. Or like I'll, uh, type it, you know, the guy's name is Mark. And so I think I already have his email address. So I just type in Mark and then it goes to the wrong Mark or it goes to a client who is not supposed to see that email. And I get a whole, Uh what the fuck is this? And it's, I'm not in trouble. I'm not going to lose my job, but I am mortified. And I like, I get, you know, superstar, uncomfortable 
pit sweat, just like, oh, God, this is gross, and I don't feel good, and this is embarrassing, and please, God, please don't tell anybody about this. And then usually I'll see him in person, like, hey, did you uh, ever fix your email? Because you're a fucking idiot still. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. It makes me feel really good inside. I love it. Please give me business. <laughs> please buy. Please buy, buy something buy for me. Buy for me. Buy. Please. please, buy, please buy thing to make happy. <laughs> please. I, I need you to buy something from me so I can feel happy. Oh, God. I'm in a fucking codependent industry. That's awful. <laughs> Sales, oh, everybody. Oh, God. I just I had a connect the dots moment and I feel great about myself. That's awesome. Therapy, you can regress into bad behavior. But That's, you know how to get back out of it. Absolutely. I do. I just have to listen to this podcast Good and remind myself about trail. how I fucked it up. Yeah. Yay. I'm getting myself some lessons. <laughs> so your They numbers, don't say who it is. Your numbers are really good for this podcast. What is it? Well, it's this one guy who's just really awkward and keeps listening to it over and over again. <laughs> And, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so um, thanks for sponsoring this episode because, uh, yeah, there's at least one guy who will guarantee multiple downloads. <laughs> so feel free to give us money. <laughs> Company, I can't quite say, but I will bitch for you if you give this show money, please. Uh, but you have to figure out who you are first. Well, and isn't that the purpose of this podcast? Here's what you don't do. Sponsor a podcast with big American dollars before you realize who you really are inside. Here's what you don't do. Pitch a company to sponsor your podcast, but don't tell them who you're supposed to be talking to. They just have to guess. They have to guess whether they're that special someone you're talking about. Just, it, it's like pachinko sponsorship lottery. Your demographic could be millennials. It could be geriatrics who are just waiting to go to that farm far, far away with, with the, the dogs, dogs. <laughs> and the mop and the mop. <laughs> oh, a dog carrying a mop, two dogs carrying a mop together. Cause two, it's so long. Yeah, exactly. That's teamwork. Hooray. Teamwork. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, there's what you don't do. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jay. Thank you. And sharing your stories. I felt a little bit of myself in there. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> it only works if you work it because you're worth it. So feel the feels, even if you were super embarrassing in your 20s and nobody talks to you anymore. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few people still, and I'm just, I don't know how. Those are the best. Those are the best people. Yeah. I I have some people like that too. Who, if I got into who they were, even without mentioning their name, I would still get yelled at for shitty things that I did to them, and they still love me, and I don't know why. And that's excluding my wife because I don't know how the fuck I pulled that one off. <laughs> really got one on her. Uh, yeah, sucker. <laughs> And if you're listening, love you. <laughs> love you. And if you're not listening, thank you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not listening, if thank you're you. not listening, this is what five years of therapy yeah. paid for. Thank you. If you are listening, no, thank you. <laughs> you only get a thank you if you're not listening. 
And also, could you bring a mop home? <laughs> Pee jokes. Because <laughs> I need one, but I don't want to have to go to a store and talk to someone I, I don't know to, to get it. a stranger. <laughs> could you pick up a mop for me? <laughs> oh, thanks for listening, guys. Thank um, you. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob, for doing what you do. You're welcome. You do it really well. Crushing the ones and twos. Crushing. They're practically threes. You're crushing them together so much, it's addition. (laughs) It's mathematical. One and two equals three. Hooray. (laughs) All right. We will be back next week. Oh, we're we're on Twitter now because I thought I don't have enough to do. Oh. And this is like, this is the place for really prime, like, layered discussion among humans. Of course. Um, And that is at... H-W-Y-D-D podcast on Twitter. Um, We've got a Facebook, which is conveniently the same. It's also at H-W-Y-D-D podcast. We have an email, H-W-Y-D-D podcast at gmail.com. If you have stories that you want to share, send them to us. Do you, are you, are you like, I want to, I want to be on there. I want to, I want to talk and stuff. That's a thing. If you're like, I just want to send you this thing and say, I'll read your shit on, on there. I'll do that. I just want to, we just want to hear from you people. Yes. Do it. Do it. Go on to that Twitter and tell us your, your small scale embarrassing stories. Save the big ones for the email. Yeah. Cause then you're giving the show away. Yeah, save save your smaller ones. Share the smaller ones on Twitter. The ones where you're like, I couldn't devote an hour and a half to this, but God, I just wanna, I just wanna tell someone. I just need to tell somebody about it. That's a good plan. Yeah, check that out. So many venues for you to spill your guts. And you know what? We've got mops. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye.